get your health questions answered by experts. It's time for the health feature. Today we're focusing, like I said, on lung cancer. Let me welcome onto the show Professor Michael Herbst, who's a special health, who's a health specialist rather, and patient advocate at the Cancer Association of South Africa. Professor Herbst, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning to you and every listener to SAFM. Lovely to be with you. Firstly, let's just talk about the prevalence of a disease like lung cancer, especially in South Africa. I'll tell you, just before we start talking about the prevalence, I have found, you know, very often when I start talking to people about a specific cancer, that very often people don't know what the disease cancer is. I'll only spend a few seconds on that, really, so that everybody knows where we are. Cancer is different to all other diseases. And people think that cancer is cancer. And in fact, there are over 200 different types of cancer. One first important thing that we must remember about cancer is that it is not infectious. In other words, when you touch somebody or you kiss somebody or you love somebody or hug, you cannot get cancer directly from one person to another, like an infectious disease. The other important things is when we call something a cancer, it means the following, that there is an abnormal multiplication of cells in a specific part of the body. So the cells just keep on dividing and dividing and multiplying and dividing and multiplying. Now, normally you understand that if that happens, there will be a growth or a tumor or a lump that will develop. The second thing about cancer is that those abnormal cells can infiltrate tissue in its immediate environment. So it doesn't stay there where the cancer starts, but it can actually go into the tissue. For instance, if, and we're talking lung cancer today, if the cancer starts in the lung, it can eventually go into the big tubes of the lung or into the covering of the lung. And then lastly, cancer has the ability that the cells can move through the bloodstream or the limb system to different distant parts of the body and they can develop cancer there. So that is what cancer is. And today we are going to talk about lung cancer. And I believe that we are going to really concentrate mostly on lung cancer in men. That was my original brief that uh, we were going to talk about. And I want to tell you that it is the number three cancer amongst men in South Africa. The number one cancer will be prostate cancer. Cancer number two will be colorectal cancer. And lung cancer is the third cancer amongst men in South Africa. Now, there are nearly 2,000 cases of men diagnosed with lung cancer every year. Unfortunately, our statistics that we have, and the latest ones are those for 2019. So we don't have very recent statistics in South Africa. But lung cancer is really a very, very important cancer, and it is on the increase. You can, for instance, see that in men, it is cancer number three which shows that it is very high up in the list of different cancers. So lung cancer begins in the lungs, 
And usually people believe, and they're right to believe that, that lung cancer occurs mostly in people who smoke. Because we know that smoking is really one of the most important causes of lung cancer. But then people have this funny perception about smoke. And they believe that smoking only talks about cigarettes. They forget that it includes cigars. It includes pipe smoking. It includes uh, rolling your own zor and lighting it and smoking it. It really includes the burning of any form of tobacco and inhaling that smoke. So smoking, again, people very often believe that the latest craze, or there are actually more than one, that the latest crazes, for instance, are vaping. And these are now the electronic systems. You see people uh, puffing on it and they blow out all this white mist that comes from their mouths. And they believe that vaping from electronic cigarettes is safe, that it will not cause lung cancer. I can tell you that in most of those uh, liquids that people smoke in their electronic cigarettes can cause lung cancer. Then again, people believe, and especially since the Constitutional Court said anybody can smoke uh, dacha, it is now legal, we can even grow our own dacha, only enough for what you use personally. I want to say to you that smoking dacha is as dangerous as smoking any other form of tobacco. A lot of cancer-causing chemicals are present in the smoke that one can inhale from smoking dacha. So that is really a very important thing. Then next, following on smoking, the most second biggest cause of lung cancer in South Africa, and actually worldwide, is inhalation of radon gas. And radon gas is found all over the world. And it comes from decaying radium, etc., in the earth. And it seeps through the earth and it finds itself, especially in basement of certain buildings, especially some of the very older buildings, and they collect there. And these radon gas mist cannot be seen one cannot smell it, you cannot taste it, but it is radioactive, which means that it is harmful to the body. But fortunately, its radiation effect cannot penetrate through the normal skin. But when you inhale it, it lands in the tiny little air lobules within the lung. And there it causes harmful effects and it can cause lung cancer. Are there any specific questions, Kathy, that you think that we should concentrate on at this stage before we talk about the signs and symptoms? Sure, and sure. Up 
thank you so much for 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 that outline uh, prof because it it's so important to deal with some of the things that that you have listed on that category that go beyond cigarettes uh, because i think we do focus a lot on just cigarettes being a key driver you know of 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 of, of lung cancer in particular um is 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 this perception that there is some smoking that is less dangerous than others is that perception true especially given how extensive this list of contributors is yes i can tell you i'm going to add just now even more contributors to yeah. this list that we're talking about but i want to say to you there's no safe level of smoking mm. that we can also say about alcohol there's no safe level of alcohol consumption why because we know that tobacco smoke contains nicotine it is highly addictive do you know that i have um, a medical friends who tell me that nicotine is as addictive as opium as any of the other d- well-known drugs that we talk about when you smoke and you become addicted to nicotine you cannot stop smoking many people believe that they can now go on to the electronic cigarettes and they safe because they only contain nicotine but they become so addicted to nicotine and electronic cigarettes are expensive and eventually they can't afford the electronic cigarettes and they fall back on cheaper tobacco a vicious cycle other problems as far as lung cancer is concerned is that asbestos is also a very important cause of lung cancer it doesn't only cause lung cancer it causes a specific type of lung cancer called mesothelioma but that cancer can also start in the intestines and other parts of the body and this is why you will recall that the government is doing a, a study in all the various provinces of asbestos containing uh, walling and roofing of so many buildings and we know that there are severe court cases on the go at the moment because funding towards investigating uh, asbestos buildings have been misappropriated and has disappeared then we know that diesel exhaust fumes is another very important cause of lung cancer and we know that lung cancer tends to occur in specific families which means that there is something maybe within the genetic structure of certain families that increases their risk to more easily develop lung cancer than amongst some other individuals the, the, then, uh, no can I ask your question there's a lot that is said about the dangers of secondary smoke prof and i wonder if you would clarify that issue for us so at which point does secondary smoke um become dangerous to the the non-smoker in 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 the room oh thank you kathy you've done your homework and you're asking the right questions yes we refer to it as passive smoking 
or secondary smoking, which means that you are not actively taking a cigarette or a pipe or a cigar or something and smoking it. But you go into an environment where other people are smoking and you are inhaling the smoke that they have exhaled or that is in the environment. This is why we don't have smoking restaurants anymore. Because we know that by inhaling smoke in, from the environment is just as harmful and also is a major cause of lung cancer in people who have never smoked in their lives. So that is very important. But it goes further than that. There's also tertiary smoking, which is a third type of harm resulting from smoking. The smoke and things in the room eventually settles in the curtains, it settles on the floor, it settles in the furniture. And you can walk into a room where somebody has been smoking and you can smoke the tobacco there. Now we find a little baby crawling on the floor and we know that babies put their hands in their mouth immediately. And they pick up some of the residual aspects of smoking, pick it up on their hands, and their hands go into their mouth and they take in the harmful substances from the smoking. So those are the three different forms. It's primary smoking, active smoking, passive smoking by inhaling smoke that other people uh, pollute the environment with and then thirdly even picking it up from furniture from uh, curtains from carpets and floors so those are all equally harmful and equally dangerous to us as human beings Professor Michael Herbst will continue the conversation in a moment. We're focusing on lung cancer for our health feature today. It's 11.30 and time for your latest news update. For all your medical care and needs, ask our doctors. Uh, joining us for our conversation this morning is a Professor Michael Herbst. He is a health specialist and patient advocate at the Cancer Association of South Africa. Um, uh, Prof, b- before we continue, I've got Ahmed who's calling us here from Annadale, and I just want to take uh, his call, and then I'll give you a chance to get into some of the signs and symptoms of lung cancer that we need to be aware of. Ahmed, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Kathy. Um, I'm so worried when I see this. Uh, uh, I just want to ask a, a, a prof a, a, a question. Uh, the street uh, children are getting, um, they are homeless. Just uh, uh, kids, they are always uh, on, a, uh, like, a, they are using glue to get a eye. Now I just wanted to find out, is that glue, will that glue also affect their lungs? Because uh, you always see them uh, that they are sucking on this uh, uh, glue, uh, Really good question, Ahmed. Um, uh, Prof? Yes, uh, thank you, Kathy. I would just briefly respond to Ahmed because it's a very important question that he's asking. It's really a social observation that he's made, and it's really a social problem, uh, not only in South Africa, all over the world. Now, we cannot, the uh, fumes that come off the glue cannot be compared exactly to the smoke that we inhale from burning tobacco. But it is also harmful to the body. The reason that it puts the person on a high tells you 
that from the lungs, those fumes are taken up into the bloodstream and it eventually reaches the brain. And it then gives this person that feeling, we call it euphoria, this feeling of, of well, so-called, uh, I, I, I just, oh, you know, I'm just sitting on top of the world and whatever. And it helps them to forget the circumstances that they're in. It harms and it can kill brain cells. So it is not something that uh, should be encouraged. And we, those children really need urgent help and support so that they will kick the habit of smoking glue. But then, Kathy, getting back to our conversation on uh, lung cancer, before we just talk about the signs and symptoms, I'm going to tell people that there are basically two types of lung cancer. It is called small cell lung cancer and non-small cell lung cancer. And all that means is the two different types of cancers. When a specially trained doctor, who is a, we call them a pathologist, when they look at the cancer cells under a microscope, they will see the small cell cancer and the other type of cancer is non-small cell. So it's small cells looking at small cell lung cancer and then much bigger cells, which is the non-small cell cancer. And those are the two different types of cancer that we have. What are the signs and symptoms? You've referred to them. I think some of the early signs is people will usually refer to it as a smoker's cough. And it is so typical because it is a cough that will not go away. And it is just <coughs> every now and then and, <coughs> and it doesn't go away. And on exertion, they tend to cough a little bit more. Then eventually this cough becomes really chronic and the coughing becomes much worse and it doesn't go away. And uh, then eventually when the lung cancer starts developing and damaging the cells in the lungs, the person can even start coughing up little stains of blood in the sputum. Now, sputum is not spit. Sputum is something that comes out of the lungs. Spit comes from the uh, glands in the mouth, which we call saliva. But sputum comes out of the lungs. And when somebody coughs up the sputum, there can be little blood stains, and eventually it can be very heavily blood stained. And that is usually a sign that the lung cancer has really advanced. Of course, there's damage to, to lung tissue, to the little cells and the tissue within the lungs that is important for us to take up oxygen and to give off carbon dioxide. And because less oxygen can be taken up eventually, the person becomes shortness of breath. They develop wheezing because the tiny little air tubes within the lungs get full of sputum and the sputum doesn't get out of the lungs. So there's wheezing. You can actually sit next to a person when they wheeze and you can hear this funny uh, sound coming when they breathe in and out. They eventually develop chest pains. Because the lung tissue is damaged, they're more inclined to get 
uh, frequent chest infections like pneumonia and bronchitis, etc. They eventually start developing a hoarseness and then fatigue. They're tired all the time because they don't get enough oxygen to be able to carry on with their normal activities. As with all cancers, the person loses appetite and then there is unexplained weight loss because they don't eat well enough and the tissues in the body is not very good. Then I can just tell you that from the lungs, because we mentioned that this is one of the characteristics of cancer, it can move from one part of the body to another. And lung cancer tends to move to the bony structure, that's the skeleton. It moves to the brain, to the liver, and from one lung to the other lung. So those are then the harmful signs and symptoms of lung cancer. Sure. We, we, we've got a question here. We've got a question here for you, Prof, and it's about um, coal dust and the, the role of coal dust as, as a causative factor for lung cancer. Um, just mention that again. Coal dust. So I'm thinking here about some of the communities that live in, in areas where there's a lot of coal mining that is taking place and how they would be affected. Does it contribute to lung cancer at all? Yes. We must remember that, that mining in itself is very often a dangerous uh, occupation, and it usually is. They try and water down the dust, but there's always some dust uh, particles available, and people inhale, inhale this, and it can settle in the lungs. It can cause tuberculosis. It can, uh, certain what we call minus tuberculosis, tysis, which people will refer to it. But other chemicals can be present in the, the smoke and the pollution in the area, and it can affect the lungs and eventually contribute towards the development of lung cancer, but it's not one of the primary causes of lung cancer. What do we see in as far as treatment of, of lung cancer and the accessibility of, of such treatment? Yes, when we talk treatment of cancer, there are certain things that always come and appear on the list whether it's, it's any type of cancer, and this usually includes surgery, radiation therapy, chemotherapy. Those three are always mentioned. And it always forms part of the treatment, at least one or more of those three, and then other certain uh, types of treatment, depending on what type of cancer we're talking about. So when we talk lung cancer, the treatment will be surgery because we will save a life and a portion of the lung can be removed or a whole lung that the person only has one healthy lung left. So surgery is one of the uh, forms of treatment that can be performed. But there's also radiation therapy, which means that we irradiate from an external beam, we irradiate the area of the lung that is affected by cancer, 
So radiation therapy forms a very well a part of treatment. And often the doctors will do radiation first to hopefully shrink the size of the cancer, and then they will go to surgery and remove the cancerous tissue. Then there's also chemotherapy, which is medicines that is given in different forms into the body, usually uh, most often in the form of an intravenous drip, and it then goes to all parts of the body. But this medicine can be specifically uh, treated, and we then talk about targeted therapy. So those chemicals will target certain parts of the body. So we can, for instance, have targeted chemotherapy, where this chemotherapy will target the lungs, and they will then treat it there. Then the latest form of treatment that people must have heard about is immunotherapy. Mm. And this is where medicines are given to a certain person, and it stimulates the immune system of the body to fight the cancer. It's uh, wonderful, and we hope that immunotherapy will be the magic bullet of the future and that it will become freely available and that we will be able to have immunotherapy for every type of cancer. All right. There is of immunotherapy available, Kathy, but it is so expensive. Mm. I can tell you that certain forms of immunotherapy, and practically all of them, will cost in the vicinity of about a million rand sure. per year per patient. All right. So and people in the world that can afford it. Mm, so, so it's really not yeah, the kind of treatment that would be available to everybody. Uh, Prof, I understand that our session on Zoom is about to expire, so we're going to have to uh, leave it there for our conversation this morning. Let me thank you so much uh, I, for coming on to the show. Take home message. Know your body. Anything different in your body today than it was last week or last month, please report it and have it seen to because the early diagnosis is early treatment and it will save lives. Professor Michael Herbst, health specialist and patient advocate at the Cancer Association of South Africa. Let me thank you so much for coming on to the show today. And yeah, sorry we couldn't get to some of the final questions you're asking uh, because we are out of time for that conversation too. Thank you for being part of the conversation over the last three hours on The Talking Point. We will, of course, be back with you again tomorrow morning from 9 o'clock.